Hello, welcome to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast, where it is all about helping amazing physicians just like you create a wealthy life free from burnout and with the financial security to practice medicine on your own terms. I'm your host, Dr. Elisa Zhang. Hello, and welcome back to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast. For this episode, I thought I'd do something a little different. I had the opportunity to go to Puerto Rico for a retreat that featured Liz Gilbert, who is the author of Eat, Pray, Love, and Big Magic. It was a magical weekend. Really, the highlight was actually probably going to Mosquito Bay, the brightest bioluminescent bay in the world, and that was truly magical. The workshop with Liz Gilbert was awesome, very inspirational. And so I thought I'd just go over some of the notes from that workshop, because this podcast is about creating your wealthy mindset. And that's not just about money, but it's also about creating like your best life. And that's really what this workshop really was about. And so one of the things that Liz really started with was being relaxed. And what she said was that when you're relaxed, this allows you to see everything, though it doesn't mean that you actually get everything you want. Now, when you're relaxed, you can sit back and you'll notice everything going around you. When you're stressed, your vision starts to get like very pinpoint, very focused, you know, focused on the problem or focused on what's stressing you out. If you can relax, you can actually sit back and really pay attention to everything and really take a look at the whole situation. Again, this doesn't mean you get what you want, but it allows you to open your mind to you know, all the possibilities of how to potentially solve whatever situation may be in front of you. And it allows you to actually feel what your body needs. Three things that Liz said needs to be relaxed is one, knowing your priorities, two, holding up your boundaries, and then she also said three, mysticism. So the question she also asked us was, what are you willing to give up in order to have a life that you pretend that you want? So there are a lot of things that we say that we want to do or want to have but you actually have to say no to things you want in order to actually move forward with what you're saying you really want. She really told us the story about her writing. Early on, she was working jobs in order to make ends meet, and she found that she wasn't having enough time to write. Then she talked to someone who she looked up to as a mentor, and that mentor really asked her, well, what are all the things that you're spending your time on that you can't find the time to write? And so when Liz talked about all the things she was doing, basically what came out was that there were things that she was doing, things that she enjoyed doing, spending time with friends, where she could be instead spending that time to write. And if Liz really wanted to be a writer, and this you know, was in her early days before she had anything published, she needed to find that time to write. And that meant not doing things that she wanted to do, things that were fun, but things that were taking away her ability to have the time to really spend writing. And so if she really wanted to be a writer, the idea was that like, you have to actually make some sacrifices to live that life that you are saying that you want. And so that's why it's really important to know where your priorities are. What is the most important thing to you? You want to say yes to things in order of your priorities. And so she asked us to actually write down our priorities. And so when I was thinking about priorities, the first thing that came into my mind was my mental health. And that was really my first priority. Another thing that I wrote down that I found really important as priority was autonomy. Liz herself said that her number one priority was freedom. So I do actually liken autonomy with freedom quite a bit. Basically freedom to make decisions and do what I want to do and, and have just a say in how my life goes. Number three, my priority was just my general health. And the one thing that I 
struck me as interesting is that I had written three priorities and they did not actually include my husband, my job, my career, or even money. But I do think that that shows how important it is to kind of put ourselves first. And that is in essence what lies in self-care. I think what's allowed me to live what I feel like is such an amazing life now is by putting my self-care and my own priorities first. And it doesn't mean that I'm putting them above other people's, but to me, when I'm thinking about what's most important for me to work towards, it is taking care of myself first. And that way I can take care of other people. Like I don't necessarily want my husband to put me as his first priority over him because if he's not taking care of himself, then it's basically like I have to take care of him for him to be okay. I want to be able to take care of me so I'm okay and then I can love my husband for who he is and have him take care of him, himself so he's okay and then he can love me for who I am. Another thing Liz said that priorities is not the equivalent of purpose. She talked about purpose anxiety. And this is one of the parts of the workshop that I thought was really eye-opening. She started by kind of like mocking like how graduation speeches are, right? There is something special that only you can do and you must find it to serve humanity. You must master that thing. You must monetize that thing. You must create opportunities for other people. You want to make the world a better place and you want to leave a legacy. She offers that this was all born out of capitalism, scarcity, Western civilization, and the patriarchy. Because it's really, when you look at it, full of hubris and ego. It leaves you with this question of how do you know when you've done enough, when you've made enough impact? And there's part of it that says that you must earn the right to exist, right? Like you exist on this earth for a reason and you must find that reason and you must fulfill that reason. And that reason is that purpose in your life that you must have that purpose. And then there's the opposite of like, if you're a failure, then you should be full of shame. And so when she really talked about that, all about purpose, that really resonated with me because I have had a time not so long ago where I really was wondering like, yeah, what really is my purpose? Is my purpose really to be a physician and help people from that standpoint? Or is my purpose really to be doing something else? Like what is quote, the meaning of my life? What kind of legacy do I want to leave? And now looking back at that with this workshop, it's like, yeah, that really does put a lot of pressure. Many of us become physicians because of the purpose it gives us that we feel like it's part of our mission, part of our being. And I'm not saying that I didn't feel that way at some time, but at some point I definitely lost that kind of feeling that my being a physician does not feel like this is my purpose here on earth. And so hearing that, yes, we don't necessarily have to think about living a life full of purpose, that it's okay just to live, that all this talk of like, you know, have you found your purpose? Do you know your purpose? Really is born out of capitalism and has hubris and ego in it. And really it's about this, earning the right to exist. But we have the right to exist. We're all worthy just being humans born in this earth. And we don't have to be searching for this purpose. And so that was really freeing to have this thought of like, yeah, we don't have to have our purpose. Our purpose can just to be that we are here. Liz said that when it comes to our true priorities, it should be something that's just top of mind. Priorities are what we instinctively answer. So Liz actually went around the room and asked us what our priorities were. And one person answered sleep just 
off the bat. And then later on kind of talked about other things that she was doing, like her business or being a physician, or uh, I can't really remember, but it was kind of like an afterthought after sleep. I thought that was also really eye-opening. It's like, yeah, sleep. Sleep goes with our self-care, right? Sleep. We all need sleep. And sleep just popped out of her mouth as her first priority. And so I thought it was great. Like, yes, this is, again, our priorities. We know instinctively what's deep inside. And then she kind of later gave the answers that you're supposed to give, like her career. One thing Liz said was trust when there's something that you really have to be the one to do that you'll be notified. She encouraged us to like hang out, which will just allow the creativity to flow and to live life from a place of humility. Then another question that Liz asked us was, what is the most interesting thing you could do? How would you spend the next year if there was no such thing as purpose? My first thought was that I would just travel and then spend time with my parents. But also that I'd want to spend time kind of resting, being at home and work in my yard and be gardening. Then another exercise she had us do was write a list of everything that we are powerless over. So this is what I wrote. I am powerless over what other people think. I am powerless over what other people do. I am powerless over how other people will react. I am powerless over the weather. I am powerless over when airplanes fly. I am powerless over how the stock market fluctuates. I am powerless over events that have already happened. And then Liz actually wrote P-O-E-M, poem, powerless over everything but myself. And then she talked about how many of us, when we wrote what we're powerless over, we thought about the things that we somewhat wish we had power over or things that were kind of, quote, bad things that we would like to change, but don't actually have that agency of changeover. This really led to the drive to fight, fix, or change things. Why would anyone surrender if you felt like you were surrendering to horrible stuff? And then she shared the kind of things that she wrote, which is, I'm powerless over the smell of pine trees. I'm powerless over the tides. I'm powerless over the majesty of a comet. I'm powerless over my reaction to beautiful dogs. I'm powerless when the peonies come into bloom. So we really tend to think about what we are powerless to change or to control, which are generally bad or awful things. And we don't think of all the good things that we're also powerless over. One of the things I wrote in my notes was, you didn't create it. You can't change it. You can't control it. There's so much magic I'm powerless over. Liz encouraged us to be comfortable with what's going to happen next. That powerlessness can be beautiful when you take in the whole thing, when you take in the whole world, how the world is, and how beautiful this world is, how many beautiful things there are in this world. So after that, I wrote, I'm powerless over the smell of plumeria. I'm powerless over how a rainbow appears spanning over the sky. I'm powerless over the glow and the bioluminescent bay. I'm powerless over the majesty of mountains. I'm powerless over the taste of mango. I'm powerless over the cherry blossoms blooming. I'm powerless over the sound of ocean waves crashing. I'm powerless over the magic of a solar eclipse. When I think about being powerless over those things, it really kind of 
brings more of a smile to like, yes, this world is magical. This earth is magical. And I don't need to control things. I can just live in the magic of everything around. And of course, there are a lot of things I like to control. I'm certainly, uh, I don't want to say I'm a control freak, but there are certain, there's definitely things that I would love to control more. But there's so many things that I can't control that are beautiful just the way they are. A few other gems from the retreat that I wrote in my notes. Not everyone who wants a response is entitled to one. So you don't have to actually respond. Someone could send you an email and you don't have to respond. We have choice, we have autonomy over our actions. We don't have the ability to control other people's actions, but we get to control our actions. She also talked about how narcissists in general think that no boundary applies to them. They will try to run through any boundary placed up. And sometimes the best defense is to be a gray rock, to just be invisible to them. You don't have to engage in every fight initiated. She offered, you could always say, I can see how angry, disappointed, upset you are, and no. And if I change my mind about this, I will let you know. And so that's a response when holding up a boundary. Just remember, you always have the power to say no. You don't have to justify anything. That over-explaining is often a sign of trauma. By explaining, then if you are talking to a narcissist, then they may manipulate around it. Oh, well, you can't do it at this time. Well, then you could do it at this time or you're free at this time or somehow manipulate you to doing something you don't want. So you don't need to explain. The answer just can be no. I love you and no. I see how hurt you are and no. One other thing she talked about when it came to purpose anxiety, there are hobbies, jobs, careers, and vocations. A hobby is something that you do because it brings you pleasure. There's no interest in monetizing it. You do it because you enjoy it. It just brings you pleasure. A job is something to provide for yourself in order to earn money to survive. Unless you have inherited a fortune or trust fund, then likely you need a job. And in Liz's mind, it's good to have a job. A career is something you should love, that you do it because your heart is in it. You can, quote, kill yourself for your career. A career is optional. You don't actually have to have a career. And it doesn't matter what your job is, like it doesn't have to be a career. So this is where I think her definition of career is kind of different from what a lot of people think of as a career. We generally think of being a physician as being a career, not being a job. But in the way Liz was defining it, being a physician could just be a job. It's something that you do to provide for yourself, but it doesn't have to be something that you love, that you kill yourself for, that you really put all your heart into. A vocation is a sacred calling from the divine. It can be an art. It can be your spiritual practice. No one can give it to you. No one can take it away from you. And Liz describes that for her, writing started as a vocation and later on became a job and a career because she actually could make money and provide for herself based on her writing. But she really did it because her heart was in it and because she loved it and she could sacrifice for that. Liz also said, nothing is owed. You are not required to do anything. You are already perfect. You can, but you don't have to. You can do the bare minimum for your job. You don't have to destroy your soul for your job. So there were other parts of the workshop. There were other questions that we did. These were the big take-home points that I thought I'd share with you in this podcast. 
I hope that this does help grow your wealthy mindset and really help you think about where you are in terms of your purpose and whether or not you have purpose anxiety or looking at your job versus a career and knowing that if being a physician is really a job to you and not a career, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to kill yourself for it. You can step back and take care of yourself and practice medicine as much as you would like to practice medicine to the point where it can support you, but you don't need to kill yourself for it. And remember, a job is the only thing you need to have. I hope you do have a hobby. I hope you do have things that you do just for pleasure, but a career, something that you work for, that you quote kill yourself for, that you sacrifice everything for, is not necessary. And even having a vocation is not necessary. Thank you so much for listening to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could share it with your friends and colleagues. And now for the disclaimer. I am not a certified financial planner, accountant, or attorney, and nothing I say should be construed as professional investment, tax, or legal advice. This show is primarily for your education and entertainment. I am a physician, but I'm probably not your physician. So if you need any medical advice, please contact your own physician. Thank you.